Did you ever wonder what the ear tags on bears are for? Well, a bear gets a tag when they have to be relocated. Relocation happens when a bear goes too far into town, oftentimes looking for food. A half-eaten burrito on the sidewalk or an unloaded trash can looks amazing to bears. Free food, who doesn't want free food? Well, unfortunately, leaving food out can get bears into some big trouble. Many states have a two-strike policy. This means if a bear with a tag is caught in town, especially digging through trash cans, they're euthanized. People don't realize by leaving trash out and exposed to wildlife, they're placing animals such as bears in danger. Food waste has become a big problem for many species, including humans. Welcome to VetCast, Veterinary Climate Action and Sustainability Talks, the podcast created by veterinary students at Colorado State University focused on the impacts of climate change on animal health. Hey, I'm Christy. And I'm Hannah. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about waste and its effect on animals. So I just found this fact that 30 to 40% of the U.S. food supply is wasted each year, and that's 80 billion pounds of food, and that's enough to fill the Empire State Building a thousand times. And I think that's just absolutely wild. That's so much food. Oh, that's a ridiculous amount of food, Hannah. Um, All this food waste as well isn't helping our current climate either. If food waste were a country, it'd be the third top emitter of greenhouse gas emissions right after China and the United States. And if you think about it, that's so much methane. Well, and the other factor, too, is agriculture accounts for 70% of the fresh water usage. So we're using all of this water to produce all of this food, and so much of this food is getting wasted. And with climate change making droughts longer and more frequent, we need to conserve as much of our fresh water as we possibly can. This makes our produce all the more valuable. And with all this food waste, you'd think everyone in the U.S. would be well-fed. But this year, 11% of adults said that they didn't have enough to eat. That's 29 million people going hungry. When we live in a nation that's been throwing out tons and tons of food every single year. How can such a large portion of the population be left without food? And yet so much is sitting in trash cans, the landfill and littering streets. And with all those food waste, animals are also being affected. So Hannah, what species should we discuss first? So there's actually this tortoise out in the southwestern U.S. called the Mojave Desert Tortoise, and their deaths are actually increased when there's more humans living nearby. And it's not even from the humans directly, it's from the food waste they're producing that's bringing in more predators into the area. More predators? Predators like? Uh, Predators like coyotes and ravens. Usually they're distributed pretty evenly across the desert where they're not targeting the tortoises as much. But with the food waste bringing them in and closer to human areas, they're actually targeting tortoises more and the tortoises' populations are being hurt because of it. I mean, are are the tortoise populations really being affected that badly by this though? You wouldn't think so, but in a study that they did where they're looking at the relationships between the tortoises and these coyotes and ravens, and they took 100 fake baby tortoise models. Sounds kind of weird, but... (laughs) But 
that they were just throwing these little tortoises across the desert. And they found that over two months, ravens attacked 29 of them. That's about a third of the new tortoise population, if you look at it that way. And they're a threatened species. So if this kept happening at this rate in real life, they could be endangered at some point. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, even being sprawled across the desert, this study indicates that predators are looking actively for tortoises, or at least finding them. And then now with all of this trash being available, these predators are becoming more close with humans, which may be affecting all of these tortoises that are also in close proximity to humans. Definitely. And if all we have to do is keep our trash away from these predators to keep these tortoises safe and to keep them from becoming endangered, then why not? Sounds like an easy enough solution to me. Yeah, me too. That's one species that's affected. Are there other species that are affected by food waste? Oh, absolutely, Hannah. I mean, earlier we had discussed how bears are being euthanized secondary to rummaging through trash, but that's not the only way bears are being affected. You know, there is a study that indicates that eating all this garbage and crops and human food is actually shortening bears' hibernation cycles. That's crazy. So they're not sleeping for as long just because they're eating waste? Yeah, and this this shorter hibernation period is actually changing the genetic makeup of these guys. This is making them age faster. So essentially these guys are just not going to be living as long, unfortunately. Wow. So their lives are going to be shortened just because they're eating human food waste. That's pretty crazy. So obviously these articles indicate food waste impacts species on a more specific scale, but what about impacts on a much grander scale? I'm glad you asked because, I mean, we talked about tortoises and how the predators are attacking them at higher rates because they're being drawn in by food waste. And we talked about how the bears are literally aging faster because of it. But actually, on a bigger scale, the amount of farmland in the U.S. being used on food that goes to waste is affecting a ton of different species. And habitat loss has a huge effect on all wildlife. We always hear about the rainforest being chopped down or beaches being built up. But if all the acres of farmland that were producing food waste were converted back into natural habitats, it would make an area 35 times the size of Yellowstone Park. That's huge. And that would be a space where native species could live in their natural habitat instead of having to live on the outskirts of towns or feeding off of crops and food waste because they have those resources. Just imagine all the extra land on this planet that could be being utilized appropriately. And not just the land, though, the water as well. We discussed earlier that agriculture accounts for 70% of the fresh water usage throughout the world. So if we're using 70% of our water on agriculture and then we're wasting 30 to 40% of our agriculture, our food product, you know, our plants and our vegetables and our meat and our dairy products, how much water are we potentially wasting? Because we are constantly trying to figure out ways to conserve water, you know, turn off the water while you're brushing your teeth, you know, learn how to take minimize your showers, don't be spraying your driveway down, that type of stuff. But this is obviously a vast amount of water potentially being wasted that could be utilized for wildlife species. I mean, human consumption as well, producing plant life in trees, just, it just seems so wasteful. It really is is. And I mean, I, I take long showers and I feel guilty about it, but compared to the scale at which we're using this water and wasting it on food waste is just crazy. It's kind of hard to comprehend, honestly. It really, really is. So 
we've heard so much about how wildlife is being impacted and what can we do to help? And there's actually a lot of little changes you can make in your daily routine that can make a huge difference. And first things first, just make sure your trash is properly secured and that wildlife can't get into it. And if you leave your trash out and it's open, it's literally just a smorgasbord for all the wildlife in your area. I mean, Hannah, I can tell you stories of seeing my neighbors leaving trash out. And sometimes it's just them putting out the trash the night before so they don't have to be up early to make sure the trash gets out on time. But I've seen raccoons getting into the trash in my neighborhood. Luckily, though, as far as I'm aware, none of us have had any issues, but that's still a dangerous situation to put us and our animals in and the raccoons in, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then even with the the tagged bears that we talked about before, if they were there and if they were getting into that trash, then they'd get a second strike and they'd be euthanized. And that's scary. I don't want that happening to the bears, especially if all I have to do is keep my trash away from them. Yeah. And You know, I I mentioned the raccoons, but I should mention anybody who has visited or been to the desert or lived there probably knows about javelina. These guys are not a creature you really want to be running into. Um, And there's definitely many stories about these guys. And it's not just the javelina, it's many species in the desert. But the javelina are are a big concern because they can be extremely aggressive, especially if they have their young with them. And, you know, these guys will get into the trash as well. And the, the other issue with this, too, is javelina or mountain lions will hunt javelina. So if you have javelina nearby and you also kind of live in an area with mountain lions, you could be inviting even more wildlife into your life, all because you left trash out. It's wild. It's such a simple fix. But at the same time, it's just something you really don't think about. Protect your trash, you know, put your trash can in a safe place, make sure it has an appropriate lid, make sure it's contained appropriately, and then do your best to make sure it's not put out until it's ready to be picked up. And that should definitely decrease the incidence of wildlife, whether it's javelina, whether it's bears, whether it's scavengers, you know, getting into your trash, which will decrease the interaction between humans and these animals, which in the long run just helps these animals drastically. Another thing we can do is to cut down on food waste that we create at home, and that way it doesn't even end up in the trash in the first place. How we do that is working to be a more conscious food shopper. Oh, absolutely. I mean, things like, you know, bring grocery lists with you. Really think about what you're trying to buy. Do you need this sale item? Yeah, it's amazing. It's on sale. And I do this all the time. I see something on sale. Am I going to use it, though? And if I'm not going to use it, can it be frozen until I am going to use it? If that's a no, don't buy it. And that's so hard to do because everybody wants to get a good deal, you know? Everybody wants to buy something that's going to be worth their money. But sometimes we get roped into buying these things that we're going to not end up using. We just need to make sure, like I said, we we need to make sure we're making lists, that we're buying things we're actually going to be using. You know, there are apps now that will help you formulate a list um, for recipes. So if you have a particular recipe in mind or you have food that you bought, you're really not sure what you're going to want to do with it, put your food into these apps and it will help you kind of build a a recipe around that that food you have. That way we can prevent our food from just being thrown in the trash. So, and if you're not going to use it right away and it's something that can be put in the freezer, do it, you know? So there's many ways to help reduce the amount of food we end up eventually throwing away. Definitely. And it's something that I haven't even thought about. I go to the supermarket, I don't have a list and I end up with so many items that I don't 
end up needing and that oh, I do that all the time yeah and they get pushed to the back of my fridge I forget about them I take them out two weeks later it's moldy and then I just feel wasteful because I have to end up throwing it out but you know what if I made a list and if I only got what I needed I feel like I'd avoid that it's important to make sure that, or just, you know, like I said, make your list, make sure what you're buying is going to actually get used and then keep your food visible. So you see what you need to use. Let's say people are still buying food. Food is still going to waste. What else can we do? We already talked about how being a conscientious shopper is going to help talk about maybe trying to get people to donate their food, but inevitably there is food waste that is just going to have to happen or that may just still happen. You know, obviously keeping your trash can secured is great, but probably something even better is going to be composting. Trash in landfills can't break down the same way it can in a compost. And compost is great because that will also end up providing a great source of nutrients for plant life. So it just adds back into earth and allowing for, you know, trees and flowers and plants and things to bloom, which will inadvertently help wildlife again. I personally don't have a yard. I don't have a place I can put compost, but look around and do some research. There are places that will pick up compost kind of like they do with trash. There are cities and counties that will give you discounted rates on trash if you add in a composting aspect to it. I have family members who switch their trash plan to basically they have a smaller trash can, but they also now have a composting bin. And I think it ended up being a, a better deal for them because they paid less for trash. And yeah, they ended up having to pay some for the composting, but now they're producing a lot less trash because they're adding to their compost. And the compost gets picked up weekly, just like their trash would be. That's another great thing to maybe look into in your community and see, you know, you may not be able to compost in your yard, but maybe there's a community compost you can look into. Even if we are producing food waste, it really isn't being wasted because it's being recycled back into the environment and it's contributing to something rather than just sitting in a landfill and rotting and producing methane. And as you were saying, and that's another issue is if it's sitting in the landfills producing those greenhouse gases, but as mm -hmm. a composting, I mean, composting isn't perfect. It's not, it's not without its own issues, but it doesn't have that excessive greenhouse gas production that it does just sitting in the landfill. And you're right. It absolutely ends up going back into the environment. Food waste will happen. We all know it's going to happen no matter how good we're being about it, but there are alternatives than just having to throw it away. So we've seen that food waste is a much bigger problem than many of us realize, and it's not going to go away if we don't start making changes. Luckily, a lot of these changes are really feasible, like making a shopping list or composting. Every little thing helps and has an impact. And with these changes, we can cut down on our food waste and we can have a direct impact on people and the environment and animals. And you may not think that it's much when you're keeping your trash in the garage an extra day or you're composting some lettuce that went bad in your fridge, but you could be saving a bear's life. Save the bear. Thanks for joining us on VetCast, Veterinary Climate Action and Sustainability Talks, the podcast created by veterinary students at Colorado State University. To find more resources about this topic and details about each episode, check out the show notes. Thanks and see you next time on VetCast.